That was Dick Dickerson, backed by Low Straightjackets, and this is podcast 194, entitled Left Hand Path. Low Straightjackets are so wonderful, and they're currently on a tour, and I missed them a few weeks ago because I had to do something else. They were in Piermont, New York, only 25 minutes were I from this cave... Um, uh, uh, near Lake Tahoe in which I record these podcasts and I was terribly upset but I will be able to see them in December when their Christmas tour will hit Durham, uh, North Carolina with uh, Nick Lowe. Now the um, reason I talk about Fury, I got so much out of that wonderful song with that repeated guitar um, riff that is so uh, appalling and wonderful is that I've been trying to understand the origins of uh, left-wing intolerance. Now um, I was struck recently because I uh, was reading uh, a play that a um, friend of mine, a young guy I know, uh, has uh, been working on. And in the play, there's a, um, a situation which regards a blacklisting in the 19, late 40s or 1950s in the Red Scare uh, involving the House on american Activities Committee. And uh, while the event is true, and it was uh, an outrageous um a series of blacklistings that occurred in this country, I was struck that my um, young friend uh, had not seemed to want to talk about another kind of blacklisting, which is very much 2015, because in the year 2015, we're not dealing with red baiting, we're dealing with uh, baiting uh, towards the right. The um, It is the people on the right who are in general in a small minority, the Christians, as it were, whatever you want to call them, who are under terrible uh, attack uh, in secular countries like ours. And that's not an exaggeration. It's true. And it's certainly in my own denomination. Anyone who who uh, actually comes out as uh, with a strong traditional voice, be it evangelical, Anglo-Catholic, um, charismatic, or just prayer book traditionalist, uh, is riding for a mighty fall and with a few pockets of... Uh, of so-called traditional thought, uh, there are very few. Um, it, it's a career-ending move. And I've thought a lot about it, both in that uh, context and in the wider context, is what causes this left-hand intolerance that is uh, amounts to blacklisting, and even quicker than it did then, because it's not behind the scenes. It's uh, It happens on the Internet, and you're shamed, to use the current word, and you're out. Happens to me all the time, and almost every clergyman I know in uh, the Episcopal Church, almost everyone left. I've said that before, but I, you know, people don't want to hear it. It's actually true. You want me to give you their emails? You know, I can actually tell you where to find these lovely and, in some ways, often very hurt, very hurt, and a couple of them are fanatical. But for the most part, they're just very hurt puppies now who've been damaged terribly because they. Uh, didn't say what the governing groups wanted them to say. And so I've been thinking about where does this uh, this blacklisting, this uh, extirpation, this deletion, this annihilation, this urge to absolutely destroy uh, a school of thought, let's say on the right in this case, where does it come from? What caused it? And I think I understand where it comes from. And that's why I wanted to uh, bring out that great song, Fury. And it's going to conclude the podcast with a um, song uh, from the original Broadway production of Hair, in which Jerome Ragney and the other fellow, I forget his name, great guy, sing uh, the song of the hippies, which is they feel completely and totally cut out. They've got no this, they've got no that, they've got no, they've got no. And uh, because they're completely marginalized on the outs, they have nothing. 
and now look, I mean, the, 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 it's, it's Zelbstverständlich. It's, it's considered, it's absolutely without question that the attitudes expressed in hair are now universally con- the, the, the right ones. And if you, if you were to check that or d- d- have dissent from that, you're, you're, you're the one who's gone now. So the shoe's completely on the other foot. So that's a little uh, elucidatory, uh, that song. If you're in the margins and you feel cut out, you're, if you ever get the chance to get in the uh, seat of power, you're going to be mighty, mighty resentful, bitter person, and now's your chance. And that I, uh, I um, would suggest to you is a possible explanation of the, uh, of the left-hand path and its anger. Uh, but I decided to really do a little work on this, and, and the thought that came to me so it's not just anecdotal. I mean, I can give you chapter and verse, and I know all about it, but I don't want to talk about... Uh, I want to talk about the cause of it, because I really understand it. I, I feel that if I were coming from the place where many of the people I know who now have the power are coming, I would feel as they do. And let me... It, it, a, a kind of a, uh, an insight came when um, my friend uh, Chauvin, who sells uh, DVDs so brilliantly and knows so much, a space oddity named Chauvin on the... Um, uh, South uh, West uh, angle of uh, Union Square. He was describing why he admires uh, Ed Wood so much, and Chauvin is actually a, a, a conservative chap. I think I don't know him well enough to tell you, but he loves Ed Wood. And I said, "Why do you love Ed Wood so much?" He said, "Well, Ed Wood, in a very early day in the forties and fifties, was able to talk about people on the margins in a way that no one else was. People of all sorts: transvestites, transgender persons, gay, pornography, uh, aliens, uh, goths. They all come into his different, very cheaply made, and in Chopin's view, inspired movies because he was able to speak about them without necessarily endorsing them, but with a kind of detached." and really interested compassion. I'd never quite heard that word in relation to Ed Wood, but I was surprised that this came, and I thought, well, you know, what we're saying is that Ed Wood, who's now very mainstream, was sort of, um, uh, we, we need, this is what happened. There were all sorts of individuals who felt marginalized, but when they've got, uh, when they come into the studios and they have the the power and the people behind them and the money, then then they can uh, rule as they wish. And most of those people would actually feel extremely embittered, uh, sort of scorekeeping. Uh, I'll give you the key example. I decided to go back to a movie made in 1952 that I know pretty well, but not very well, entitled My Son John. Now, in the sort of world of the bloggers and the critics, uh, this most of whom actually didn't live in the time, but some of whom did, the movie My Son John is an emblematic of a sort of eight or nine highly right-wing uh, Republican Republican, as it were, Eisenhower era Cold War movies, which are anti-communist, very pro-Red Scare, and uh, are really right-wing movies. And uh, there's a truth in that. Um, There are about six of these movies compared to 1,006 movies on the left-hand side. But let us simply agree that they are that way to some extent. But this particular movie um, has been really almost uh, um, blacklisted. It's only been available, I think, since 2011 or 12 uh, at all commercially. And, and now it is on an Olive uh, Films DVD, the same one that does the Father Jacob movie. And this movie, um, actually, if you see it, it's a brilliant movie. It's a brilliant, brilliant movie, not so much because it is a kind of resounding uh, peeling of the bell for um, uh, Uncle Sam, Mother, and uh, God, God and Country at the end of it. It's got a quite a remarkable ending. Uh, but actually, it's much uh, more uh, uh, layered than that because it really... Um, 
allows one to see an instance of the birth of a Soviet spy who's probably um, leads a double life sexually and a double life in every way, and a very sophisticated young man who's decided to, um, he's so upset at what he's come out of that he's decided to destroy it and actively works as a Russian spy. And um, the movie is, in fact, very sympathetic to him because most of My Son John occurs in a house in suburban, suburban to, Del- to Wilmington or suburban to, to Philadelphia or suburban to New York or New Jersey or something on the Eastern Carter, a suburban house in which a man uh, who's uh, working with the State Department, very sophisticated man, the eldest son of three in a very devout Roman Catholic family, makes an appearance at home and has excruciating, long, complex, emotional, searing conversations with his father, his mother, and his father and his mother. And these conversations are so elucidating of why he is the way he is that you, when you watch them, you say, you know, I would be the same way. Mary, I'm a, you know, I've become a spy. I mean, you, you, you can identify with Claude Rains's line, you know, when he says to his mother and notorious mother, I've married an American spy. I mean, I, I can see myself, you know, I can't, uh, I, I've decided to, to, to take radical action against this system, which has destroyed me and has wrecked my life. Uh, I can see, why a certain kind of pugnacious bitterness would result in this kind of drastic action which Jung John takes because it turns out he is one. Now the reason I say this is because his conversations with his father who's a very devout Catholic, a real fundamentalist really not a typical Catholic, more like a Protestant fundamentalist and a very active member of his chapter of the American Legion and very right wing in every sense, is very anti-red and all that. The father is so, uh, gives so little quarter is so aggressive, is so bulldogish uh, with his poor son who's 32, but you can see it's been going on since he was a baby. The father is so angry about his position and his uh, sense of injustice that he feels because his son has sort of rejected him that his, his, his father will give no quarter. His father's like a coke addict, and at one point he's an alcoholic, and he does show his, he, he shows his, 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 uh, his teeth uh, while uh, drunk. And uh, I, the face with a father like that who sort of chases me in the next room, every time the son tries to change the subject or gently say, Dad, you know, maybe we can talk about this another time, the father says, no, we have to continue this conversation. And he comes in late that night. We have to finish this conversation. And the next morning, son, at breakfast, you know, son, we didn't really finish this conversation. Oh, it's the kind of thing you just want to run to the farthest, farthest, farthest reaches. And it just shows you they use the word conversation the way people do today. It's not a conversation. It's an attack. A conversation isn't. When people say, I want to have a conversation with you, it's an attack. Well, Dean Jagger attacks, and no wonder his son wants to live a psychosexual double life and uh, an intellectual communist uh, ideological life that has nothing in common, is in fact the polar opposite, and is dedicated to the extirpation of everything his father is. I'd feel the same way. The same with the mother. Now, the mother's even worse because the mother has a kind of profound, uh, simpering, flirtatious, seductive thing going, played by Helen Hayes, and it's an Oscar-winning performance. It's a fantastic performance, as Robert Wagner is the son and Dean Jagger is the father. It's so brilliant. She's so seductive, and she's trying to worm out of her son the idea that he sort of feels she wants to get him to say what's bugging him, and she suspects he is actually a communist, and she goes to the... She, she just about goes to bed with him to get him to, to purr so he will say whatever it is. And at one point she gives herself completely away. They're sitting on his childhood bed when she's singing him an old lullaby. And I mean, it just makes your skin crawl, the poor guy. And she says, you know, son, I've always thought that, that you, that the best part of me would be in you. And when I die, the best part of me would continue and you would just carry me on. 
Well, in other words, there's no line between her and him. There's no separation. There's no boundary. He exists to be a bearer of her better part. And when she hugs him, when she embraces him, when she looks at him, it's just so engorging and so so hungry and so voracious. And she wants to eat him with a spoon. I mean, literally. And this poor, tall, handsome, intellectual guy, no wonder he's in total retreat, although he loves her. He's drawn to her. He's attached to her. He hates his father, but he's attached to his mother, although he can't stay with his mother. He has to get out as quickly as he can. And the movie, instead of it being some, you know, sound the beat the drum for uh, supposed Eisenhower policies, it's not that at all. It's an elucidation of why a man would be uh, in flight from a possessive uh, mother who uses faith and religion as a form of, of captivity and an angry father who uses politics and religion also as a way to attack his questioning and sensitive and aesthetic son. And it's just the most um, real picture. And I said to myself after a Watching this, you know, this is why people on the left become the way they are. They are angry. I'm talking about people who are ideologically left. That's all they think about is the ideology. They're not at all concerned about the person. It's like the people in hair also. Uh, the people who are the toughest ones are especially those who care about socialism, social injustice. Why won't you be a friend? You can't be a friend. Especially people who care about others, who care about nations and social injustice. I mean, that musical lances it. I'm much more concerned about this group of people out there than I am about you. And uh, uh, why does that happen? Why do, why do people get end up like that? Because they're angry at you. <laughs> because you represent something that, that they uh, has hurt them. And so when, for a variety of historical, cyclical things, the power comes into their hands, why wouldn't they want to go like the Tobacco Road uh, uh, singer? I'll go back and blow it up all over again. I wish I could play Tobacco Road. I don't have the original Nashville Teens uh, version, but I'd probably play you the Lou Rawls version. I'll try to get it. But isn't that true? I mean, good grief. Um, uh, this is the very nature of what uh, of what people are. I, I, I can't stand what I've come away from. And if I ever have a chance... I'll come back and blow it up. And so people who end up uh, feeling, you know, being incredibly angry about the injustices of the world and, and basically hate where they come from because of that, no wonder they are want to destroy the character of the country or are very unhappy with the way it was. The as is is awful. So let's move into an as will be, which hopefully won't be like you. You'll be dead, hopefully, Paul. You'll be out. It won't be your church, thank God. You know, you, you, you silly, you know, uh, let's move on. There, there's, uh, this is a new world. Move on, brother. You, you, we're, we're moving ahead. If you can't uh, go with us, you, just move out. And uh, that's because that's, that's the way they feel. And so when um, Robert Wagner character John, the Russian spy, is, um, is revealed, uh, you say to yourself, you know, gosh, if I had a mom like that, I mean, I would be... I would be such a devoted atheist. I would be so totally weirded out about sexuality, and and I would want to do everything I could to frustrate her ideas and hopes. When they talk about children, you know, no way, Mom. Um, 
and if it were about politics and he's a Republican member of the American Legion, why don't we just, why don't we just go down and talk a little treason? And while we're at it, plant a torpedo bomb under the, you know, under the Orange Hall or whatever it is, the Orange Lodge or the, the, the VFW, you know, why don't we just talk a little treason? Well, that's amazing. And, it, um, and he confesses up. That's the way he feels. Well, I give that to you in hopes that it will illuminate a little bit the character of the left-hand path. Now, I could have called this thunder on the right, um, uh, fury on the left, and I would have been right in both cases, because remember, um, whether you're right-wing or left-wing, your ideology will always get you. I was with somebody the other day who has a very different ideology than I have, a, a radically different ideology. She couldn't have a more different ideology, at least on paper, and we had the greatest conversation. She's such a terrific person, I can't tell you. I, I'd be just delighted to spend a lot of time with her. It's really not about ideology at all, and of course, once you connect as friends, as real people, then then uh, the ideology becomes entirely secondary. Interesting, um, but not crucial. Anyway, thank you very much. And now we hear Jerome Gagney and uh, Ragney, the brother of the famous Father Richard Ragney, who I admire so much. And we hear the other great singer from Hare. And they will once again tell us why it is people who once they get what they don't got become intolerant because they're just furious. I understand just how you feel. Ain't got no home, ain't got no shoes, ain't got no money, ain't got no class, ain't got no scarf, ain't got no gloves, ain't got no bed, ain't got no pot, ain't got no faith. Ain't got no mother, ain't got no culture, ain't got no friends, ain't got no schooling, ain't got no shine, ain't got no underwear, ain't got no soap, ain't got no A train, ain't got no mind. Ain't got no smokes, ain't got no jobs, ain't got no work, ain't got no coins, ain't got no pennies, ain't got no girl, ain't got no ticket, ain't got no token, ain't got no god. Ain't got no father, ain't got no TV, ain't got no pizza, ain't got no gallows, ain't got no sleep, ain't got no rhythm, ain't got no books, ain't got no socks, ain't got no sex. Ain't got no earth, ain't got no fun, ain't got no bike, ain't got no pimples, ain't got no trees, ain't got no air, ain't got no water, city, banjo, toothpicks, shoelaces, teachers, football, telephone, records, doctor, brother, sister. Have you got 1967? That makes you so damn superior and gives me such a headache. <laughs> <laughs> 